Well, hello there. This is time for go to bed. A fun, cool, relaxing show, podcast, where you can hear fun stories. Starting off a new book for us with my co-host, Kenny Pick. Who's not going to punch his computer. So, yeah. He's having some technical difficulties. Well, I I, I opened Discord and it's like, I opened Discord and it's like, installing one of 14 updates. You couldn't do that before I rebooted the computer. (laughs) And then it started to, then it cycled down and it's, I started it again and it said, checking for updates. You just did 14. And then it said, starting. And then it went to a screen that was all dark gray. And then I killed it. Mm. And then I opened it again. And here we are. And I posted a GIF of my yeah. sentiments of wanting to throw the whole computer in the trash. But I know it's not my computer's yeah. fault. Probably is. So anyway, <laughs> most of our snow is yeah. gone. Yeah, we're uh, experiencing okay. something that I've just heard called winter whiplash. Where everything just melts in one day. And two days later, you get a whole bunch of snow. And It feels like spring for a beef brief period of time and the the havoc it plays on one's sinuses and body is also wonderful and really helps compose one's mood when they get frustrated over things it is it is hard i'm sorry you're right Um, well no it's fine i just needed to vent and i needed somebody to commiserate with because it's very frustrating when you try when 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 your computer makes you 10 minutes late for your show so <laughs> it's it, true it's it's it, you know you, you not think your fault. yeah so anyway um yeah so it, and it's also been uh an aggravatingly slow week with our store but we have been selling some stuff seems like our sales are really good at the beginning of the month and are a little better at the end of the month people are budgeting and stuff like that is what I assume. Yeah. Or yeah. they, you know, I don't know. So, uh, but we have sold <laughs> some stuff. Who knows what's happening? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, but here's something really creepy. I was telling Susan about this last night. There is there There are a couple of YouTube channels that have a handful of trailers. And one of them, I think it's called, like, Newest movie trailers or something like that which is a crock of shit because the movie trailers are for movies that are like 12 years old 13 years old hallmark movies stuff like that i couldn't find it in the the only place i could find this one trailer for a movie we sold uh was was one was this creepy youtube channel and it is a pervasive white supremacist user. And what they're doing is they put they they sandwiched and I found this out Susan. I watched the trailer to the end today to try and 
to try and get audio mm-hmm. for it. It's not. It's just clips that are strung together and they're terrible. So I couldn't even use that. It's this Bradley Cooper Hallmark Channel movie that we just sold, um, called the uh, Reality of Love, uh, aka I Want to Marry Ryan, blah blah blah, whatever. I don't know. It's Jason Priestley and just a cheesy movie yeah. that we found and sold. But it seems like the trailer. We always watch the trailer of the movie. Sometimes the trailers are put out by people with their own agendas, you know? Well, yeah, and we, we want to make sure that, you know, if, if there's something informative or if there's content in it we deem questionable that we we wouldn't want to sell ourselves, um, you know. But so I, I found this website, this YouTube channel, rather, that had a few different trailers, at least two trailers for obscure kind of movies that, that I was looking for. And the movies always have white casts, okay? And what this person does, and I'm going to try and figure out, I want to find, because I think they have multiple channels, and I'm going to play detective on this. Um, but what they do is they stack, they, they aggregate news stories from around the country, of crimes committed by African Americans against non-African Americans, usually murders, things like that. And it, it, I can't even tell if they're actually legit because of the way they're edited. It, it because it looks like they've been doing, you know, it, it looks like they've been doing some video editing of their own. But basically, what they do is they front load it with a couple stories about. Scary black people killing white people. And then they, you know, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm just saying that because that's what they're trying to do. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to say that only black people kill white people. You know, that's what they're fucking trying to do. And I'm sorry to use the F word, but this makes me so mad. The end of the videos, they put more aggregated news stories. And it's always, and it's, you never hear anything, any details. It's just, this person killed that person and cut their, cut them up into little pieces and threw them into a, a bucket, you know, or just whatever the worst mm-hmm. story they can find out there is, right? And they, they, that's always committed by a every, black man and a, on a white woman. Every single trailer, every, every single trailer that this person has put out has these aggregated, you know, racist, you know, racist motivated, uh, you know, stories to try and demonize African-Americans. And I find this particularly disturbing because I discovered it during Black History Month. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it really creeps me out. And and I want to do something. And I want to I want to expose them because what they're trying to do is they're luring people in who are, or, who are you know, might have the propensity to be racist and watch the, a crappy movie with just white people uh, and be like, oh, my God, well, my, that's terrible. I just want a, this kind of movie or that kind of movie. And they're kind of putting their opinion and pushing it down your throat. So... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I it, you know, it's like, screw you, you know, I'm sorry, you know, this is, you know, the, and you know that it's probably some creepy MAGA bastard, you know, uh, or, or, you know, I mean, it, it's just the ugliest thing. It's just the ugliest thing I've ever seen that, you know, to, to try and, you know, oh, newest movie trailers. Oh, but we have a racist agenda. Go to mm-hmm. hell. 
I mean, I could not believe it. Every stinking trailer. You were just you were just doing some research, and and you you ran into this weird people that gave you the trailer you wanted, but with their own weird little creepy message, and that's that's propaganda, you know. I know it's it's so evil. It's so evil. I I mean, you know, yeah. and and again, when you're doing a show like this, and you're tr- you've, you've tried so hard to get away from politics. And you try so hard to get away from all this ugly racism <laughs> yeah. that we've we had to endure for four solid years, and I know is going to revisit us too. It hasn't gone away. It's just you know, it, it's just kind of at arm's length at the, at the moment until you know they find some you know until they put Trump back in or or find somebody just just as bad if not worse than him into the White House. You know, mm-hmm. Ted Cruz, um, Mr. Haney. Um, <laughs> you know, we were talking about that last mm. night. We, we we were talking about how much we hated Mr. Haney on on Green Acres, and it's like, well, he's just you know, it, it, it's just so funny because it's like Ted Cruz must think that Mr. Haney is like a really cool dude. That's like Mr. Haney is Ted Cruz's Fonzie. He's like, wow, he just lies yeah. like it's second nature. I can do that too. So. Yeah, it's just like he's, he's just trying to, you know, to. He's just trying to make a buck, you know, if, if you if you don't realize he's lying and, and doing it, but he's he's he is creative. You yeah. Know? And Cruz just yeah. does the same thing, except he does it for so. power and money. So, um, but uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, enough about that. But yeah, that's, you know, if anybody sees anything like that out there let me know because this is you know i find this really disturbing i i think that this is something that needs to be shut down and exposed and these these racist creeps that are putting stuff like this out there um you know the, the i mean it's so it's so transparent what they're doing they don't care about the people who were killed they don't care about the people who who were who who killed them they only care that that the person who might be guilty or not is black and the person who was killed was white they don't care about them as a human being they don't care about them at all none of them they only care about dividing based on you know luck of the draw at birth right insane just insane But um, but anyway, uh, let 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 us do delve in. But yeah, that I had to talk about that because that was something we sold, and that's how I discovered this this site. But I found it for another movie, and I'm gonna have to figure out which one it is. It's something I posted recently. I'm sure I'll be able to find it because there's at least two channels that are doing this, and I think it's just dumb luck that I ended up having two movies, you know, that they snagged the trailers for, you know. It's so weird. Yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I can, you know, report them and uh, you know, or expose them and and try and do some research and uh, you know, see if I can find out some information on the people who are who who are doing this and trying to poison our society even more. Like we need that. So, yeah. I, I like I said I Sometimes you get more information about a YouTube channel when they have a, a trailer for their YouTube channel up in the upper right-hand corner. But we'll do some more research on it. 
later. Absolutely. So anyway, well, let's go ahead and, and start talking about what we did sell. So yeah, that was literally the last thing we sold, and and it was such crap. I mean, mm. it was so crappy. It wasn't even a trailer. It was just like some clips thrown together. It was incomplete. I couldn't use it for what we for our what we sold segment. So I just moved on and skipped that one. But uh, but yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some. Uh, some fun stuff we we have sold. Let's see where our cutoff is. Um, I think there it is. There it is. So yeah, so we sold uh, an interesting two DVD set. Something I never heard of. It was a, a former rental copy of a movie called The Triangle with Eric Stoltz and Sam Neill. It was a I think it was a sci-fi miniseries on, on the Sci-Fi Channel or something. Uh, I'd never heard of it before. Mm -hmm. It was from 2005. And uh, that was one of our 33-cent finds from the local discount store, our Mark's sure. acquisition. Uh, $9.99 free shipping. So made a few bucks on that. That's good. Uh, a tape I have had tested... Uh, not tested uh, a tape I have had on our uh, in our store for oh my god I don't I don't it was one of our first listings that movie Night Angel yeah yeah Night Angel Night kind Angel of a distinctive cover yeah pretty it looks like a cool movie too uh, Night Angel from 1990 uh, with Karen Black and Issa Jank. Um, and, uh, it's a body horror movie and also a sexy shocker. Um, <laughs> love body horror and sexy shocker. If you can get that into to something, that's good. Uh, 1599 <laughs> on that. Not bad. Um, and let me see. Uh, oh no, 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 wait. I think, okay. Yeah. So this kind of skips around. There's things that were delivered. I don't know if we talked about those two are not. Um, let me see. Sold, date buyer, paid. Now, we must have already talked about those because those are old. Because, yeah, I'm looking at Chase by Sea Monsters. And, uh, yeah, so, they, yeah, here's here's where we officially, um, where it officially kicks in. Um, Twelve Apostles After Jesus, a.k.a. Visual Bible Acts, 1994. DVD new mm -hmm. James Brolin. I found that I, I this was either this was either a dollar, well probably seventy five cents because I probably bought it at twenty five twenty five percent off day at the thrift store. It was either a thrift store find or in one of our whole uh, uh, wholesale lots. So it costs anywhere from fifty cents to a dollar. I sold it for fifteen ninety nine. It's it is a brand new DVD. But it's good Bible stories for the family. We we've sold a fair, we've sold a few different Bible Bible things, which I find yeah, kind of weird. Bible family they can't stream. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, why. and I've got stuff like that says going to Utah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's like I I I was selling a movie that was called uh, My Tail Is Hot, which it was I, I put down nudie cutie sexy satanism and but then i'm you know <laughs> i'm selling that plus 12 the 12 apostles after jesus um a movie for everybody movie for everybody everybody and that's where this one comes into play holy god 
Um, Patty Davidson and friends signed VHS ventriloquist creepy puppets rare comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would sell the first week. Well, it didn't. <clears throat> uh, uh, the, it, yeah, so that sold for fifteen ninety nine. A VHS and a clamshell signed by Patty Davidson. Um, yeah. And basically, she's like a kind of a southern southern gal who does a puppet show, and basically, certificate of authenticity. Yeah, uh, COA certificate of authenticity. COA, perhaps. Um, perhaps. Yeah, uh, I, we'll talk about COA, perhaps. No, shut up, shut up, no. Later. Um, yeah, the person did not look for a certificate of authenticity for this one. Um, there was that oh. was an, that was an annoying message from some butthole a while back. Um, but yeah, so Patty Davidson and friends, basically her whole comedy shtick is just pretty much, uh, she, she seems like she's kind of a, a female misogynist and just makes fun of women and their, their bodies and stuff like that. That's what I got out of the comedy. Not a lot of anything or you're stupid. No, you're, I'm not the dummy. Y'all mm -hmm. the dummy, you know, kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that one. Uh, that one we uh, unloaded for fifteen ninety nine. You know, I mean, we gotta love creepy puppets, right? Uh, battery. <laughs> we uh, batteries not included. Nineteen eighty seven Blu ray with Jessica Tandy and Hugh. Creepy Cr robot. And Hugh. Creepy Cr robot. No, it's not creepy. And Hume Cronin. Uh, sci-fi mm -hmm. comedy. It's a save the it's a save the clubhouse movie with old people and robots. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. Now again, so we sold. You know, so so here's the third stupid thing that we had for sale that we we sold for a decent amount of money. Uh, Susan got a, the a while back. You bought for twenty two dollars, I think, from an estate sale. A whole bunch of basically what we call nice movies for the nice people. We are in the black on that. Yeah. We have sold so much of this stuff. A lot of historical stuff. That, <laughs> oh, actually, the Twelve Apostles after Jesus might have been from there. So I think it was. If that's the case, that makes it like a twenty-five cent item. Uh, but again, all yeah. that stuff's been paid for, and now we're super in the black from that because we sold a DVD. Of Air Canada Boeing 777-300ER DVD flight destinations. We barely put anything in the description for this thing. We just put up a, that <laughs> that in the title, and yeah, sold it for twelve ninety nine. Yeah, why not? We got the Canada Air Canada. No, who wants Air Kuwait? Yeah, yeah, we got an Air Kuwait one too, and that's a that's a two D two DVD set. Uh yeah, that's I awesome. I, yeah, <laughs> some somebody's gonna buy it, but yeah. So I mean, so the, again, three dumb things that we we did not think would sell. Um, so you know, especially so quickly with that, the Patty Davidson one has been up for a while, but I I knew it would sell because it was it was autographed, and somebody out there loves yeah. this woman and still has a VCR that works. Um, <laughs> and uh, this was a good one. I think this might have come from a twenty dollar acquisition that we got from uh the Youngstown area. Mom. 
picked up an order for us. And if that if this if that's the case, this is completely paid for. I know we've sold a couple other things out of it. It was a lot of martial arts stuff that I got in this one. Yeah. Um in a lot of urban uh action films and stuff like that, which are which is cool. Commercial because... arts were going into the lunar yeah. new year, you know. Sure. Well, this this is exciting because uh, twenty three dollars and fifty cents. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, nineteen fifty six. Uh, Raymond Burr, Perry Mason, Kaiju Classic. <laughs> so, I had to throw in Perry Mason in there. Sven Gulli would approve. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, um, this this is the Americanized. You know, so the, this is the first movie Godzilla movie on American soil, basically. They overdubbed and they shot some new scenes with s some American cast members and, you know, cleverly edited edited the movie back together for an American audience. And it's and it still is a is a classic. Um, but yeah, twenty three fifty for that, you know, uh, DVD. Not bad, you know, because that was the lot of yeah. the entire uh, the cost of the entire lot that we bought, essentially. Um and I forgot to tell you, I um, I just found a local estate sale. And uh oh! I put in they... a beginning bid. Yeah, so you got some uh, movies right now. I, last I looked, yeah, DVDs. So what kind of stuff? Last I looked, I was. <sighs> well, um, I'll let you. I'll let you look it all up. All kinds Maybe. of stuff, but yeah. more adventure. I think more action. Oh, good. That's that's good. <laughs> but I was, I'm at a dollar for like nine right now but you know it's, it's got another it's, it's got a lot of days yeah yeah okay and then this brings us to the end of our stuff uh before we get to what we sold uh this was a dollar blu-ray acquisition from the thrift store so probably 75 cents walk the line 2005 and crazy heart 2009 um, you know, walk the line was the Johnny Cash and June Carter story, and uh, Crazy Heart was a what that was um Jeff Bridges and uh uh Maggie Gyllenhaal were in that oh, where he plays yeah. kind of a washed yeah. up country singer. So so somebody bought that. We only got eight bucks for it, but it, it doesn't sell for that much. I priced that because it's like. I'm going to make a couple dollars on it. I have it. It's either I just don't list it and it sits around forever or I try and sell it for the couple bucks and I sold it and got the couple bucks. So that's good. Um, and then, uh, our last three sales were, were, uh, pretty good. Um, but then again, I told you about the reality of love. That was a dollar DVD. I sold it for 1119. Um, I just mailed that sucker out today. Sorry, I had hot ramen for for dinner, and boy, so hot! Whew, it just kind of repeated on me. I just barf, uh, belched up a fireball. So, oh, I'm kidding. I didn't. I I singed my <laughs> eyebrows. Um. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Are you ready for what we sold for? Uh, let me see. That's not the right one. Uh, what we sold for 217 2022. You ready for it? It's kind of a short one. Yes. All right, here we go. go. 
is Babylon. It's going to change the world. What are you going to do when you find John Connor? I'm going to kill him and hang his head on a pike for all to see. She's stronger and faster. We have to kill her, John. I know. If you move, you will die. They never let you have a good day, do they? the future much? Yeah, I think about the future a lot. Australian premiere, Terminator, The Siracona Chronicles, Friday, 8.30. Tonight is your chance to see how it all began, to relive the excitement that is V, the most extraordinary miniseries ever. A daring TV journalist struggling to uncover the startling truth behind the alien's visit to Earth, and a beautiful and brave young scientist fighting for the very survival of the human race. Together, they take you on a fantastic journey to meet the visitors. Prepare yourself for a television event that's out of this world. Prepare for V. Next. Oh, raining again. You want to do something this evening? Of course. Not, well, not this evening. It's raining now. I want to get out now. How about taking in a new movie? Okay. What'd you have in mind? Hey, babe, what do you think of Clint Eastwood? Oh, I think of him a lot. <laughs> this squirrel's ripping off peanuts, ain't you, squirrel? <laughs> Can you imagine Clint Eastwood punching out a wise guy or laying out a bunch of guys who get out of line? Of course I can. Can you picture him falling hard for a sweet young thing who's got her eye on him? Oh, sure, that's easy. How about him fighting for money? Well, uh, yeah, I guess so. Can you see him allowing a woman to beat up on him? Oh, now you're putting me on. In my thoughts, you're always with me. Every well, what do you think of Clint Eastwood confiding his deepest, darkest secrets to an orangutan? It comes to sharing my feelings with a woman, my stomach just turns to royal gelatin. Well, what do you think now? Now you're really kidding me. It's no joke. It's Eastwood like you've never seen him before. In a new film called Every Which Way But Loose, you turn me. Every Which Way But Loose. Inside the fire's burning me. In my mind, you just keep turning me. There can't be too many guys driving around this valley with an ape. Every Which Way But Loose. Baby, there's no excuse. You like to fight? Oh, I used to. Better than anything. Well, almost to. Inside the fire's burning me. In my mind, you just keep turning me. Oh, stop that, you baboon. No respect, no privacy. Every which way for you. Every which way you look, there's action, adventure, and fun. Clint Eastwood will turn you. Every which way. Oh, God. That era of movies, man. Uh, <laughs> you don't miss it, do you? You no. don't miss it. Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit, Every Which Way But Loose. Oh, we got him. 
Yeah. We got a couple of them on Betamax. Yeah, I got Cannonball Run. I'm staring at it right here. I got to list that um, <laughs> on DVD. But no, this was in the, the you know in reverse order uh, from what we sold. Um, is uh, that was every which way but loose. But I, I almost did the additional trailer, but I didn't for every which way you can because I had the sequel to that movie. Um, and I sold it and they were both on VHS and I mm -hmm. found them on the curb for free. We were driving around wow. and there was a sign that said free stuff. And I jumped out of the car and I looked and I said, Susan, park the car. There's sealed VHS, <laughs> but these were not sealed. Um, and, uh, the, but they were in pretty nice shape. The tapes are nice and nice and clean. The, the boxes were a little beat up, but not too bad. Cause they were getting rained on at the time, but I, I, we got them home like super fast and dried. They them were off. being washed. They were being washed by the clouds and yeah. God. Yeah. So some of them got, we just too wiped them down. We just wiped the rain off them. Yeah, so we just immediately threw them on some towels and dried them out, and made sure that the you know nothing was was too bad, and the boxes weren't water warped or anything. But it, you could, you know, uh, but these boxes they looked okay. They just kind of looked like you know they had some you know hands. They were very glossy, so I think they kind of showed a lot of oil from you know being touched and stuff. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, every which way but loosen any which way you can. Uh, 14 bucks from a curbside pick. <laughs> so definitely in the black on that one. Um, and yeah. I don't know if we sold anything from that, but there's a ton of sealed John Wayne movies on VHS that we have in our store from that that we have not seen any movement on. Um, but again, they were free, so I'm not going to cry about it. Um uh, then, then V, the complete 1983 original TV miniseries uh, DVD uh, with Mark Singer. Susan, you're familiar with Mark Singer. Beastmaster. Yeah, yeah, big, big fan. Yeah. Big fan. He's a muscly man. Um, and, uh, and so that sold for uh, $18. And he's and got some... Huh? I was just going to say, and he has some ferrets in Beastmaster, and as a child, I liked Clint Eastwood because he had an orangutan. Oh, Bob, okay. Uh, Evigan, because he had a chimp, you know, and oh. Beastmaster, Mark Singer, because he had a ferret. There you go. Men that came with pets were awesome. You know? Han Solo, because he had a Wookiee. Exactly. That's what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Uh... Then, uh, yeah, so that sold for $18.20. That's pretty cool. Um, and then Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles Season 2 DVD set uh, from 2009 with Lena Headey, uh, who was Cersei in Game of Thrones. Um, and it also has Summer Glau, who was in Firefly. Um, and one of the 90210 guys. I, I mix them up all the time. Um and uh, that sold for fourteen bucks. That was free to me. Um, so uh, part of Dad's uh, stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so essentially my stuff. Nobody wanted Dad's movies. 
I bought it. You know, nobody cared about yeah. nobody. Nobody in my family cared about media, cared about anything. They were throwing stuff out. They nobody saw any kind of value in this stuff. And I bought him a lot of this stuff too. So you know, so it's just you know, uh, I always knew that nobody would want it. I never threw up my movies on DVD or VHS or anything, and I've made tons of money off of my personal collection. You know, sure. and I never invested that much money into what I bought. You know, um, yeah. I was always looking yeah. in the bargain bins for crazy stuff, and um, and yeah, so so yeah, so those are some pretty pretty fun sales. Um, we've gotten we cracked four hundred on our feedback, which is nice. Uh, we're at four four hundred and two positive feedback. Uh, some highlights. Uh, five stars, prompt delivery, well packed, great communication. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, uh, works great. <laughs> that's that's another one. <laughs> works great. That was her soylent green. As you know. Oh, some people some people have a way with words and some people have not way this is true uh we and finally you know got finally got feedback on the west wing complete box uh, co complete dvd collection huh. excellent deal thanks so much i thought i'd have to give that away to my nephew for christmas <laughs> yeah uh, there's no way there's no way our nephew is going to want anything on dvd um <laughs> Humanoids from the deep, uh, fast and easy as described. Thanks, uh, Blackbird, a uh, great eBay seller, fast shipping, five stars, and uh, that's us. Woo. Let me see. And then I got positive feedback from the guy who got the defective one, the Village of the Damned one that I talked about before, <laughs> which has changed me forever on selling library copies. Um, this is great, great purchase. DVD arrived in perfect condition and, and the packaging was very thoughtful and effective. I recommend this vendor and will purchase from this seller again. And I met, I replied to him and I said, thanks so much. And sorry, the item was defective. Glad I could make things right for you. Can't wait for your next order. So, uh, yeah, there be dragons. I know it always makes you laugh. Yeah. And there be dragons. Kiddo yeah. wants his own movie. Uh, it says, my yeah. DVD came in great condition, new and sealed, very quick uh, delivery, very happy with purchase, would buy from seller again. Uh, so, yeah, so that's fun. And then, uh, let's see. I actually, you know what I forgot to do last night? Um, I forgot to edit our store. <laughs> wow. Um, so I'm, uh, let me see. Um, yeah, cause we've got some, some pretty fun, pretty fun action stuff we just did, uh, uploaded new just and list a bunch of movies with Wookiees as pets. Yeah. That's, uh, we sold all those, <laughs> uh, we sold all our star Wars. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we, you know, we we've had some, uh, in, you know, we're trying to put some more interesting stuff uh, in, you know, in the store without going too, uh, you know, too crazy with, uh, 
you know, we're, we're, we're not going real heavy on VHS lately. Uh, we're still selling VHS as you, you heard, uh, but I'd like to try and get our VHS bins down because they take up the most space and we are going to work towards a, a spring, um, condensing, uh, soon, which I'm excited about and, uh, you know, yeah. go from there. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, there, there's some, uh, uh we I'm getting a lot of Kung Fu in the store, which I'm, I'm personally excited about because I have a, a good amount of it. I would always watch these movies when I was a kid, but I really didn't know much about the genre. And, it, you know, and, you know, learning about something that you kind of knew about a little bit is, is, you know, just fun. It is fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we've got, uh, uh, let me see, where, where did that go? Um, we up, uh, yeah, so I, I'm trying to, uh, <clears throat> I think, I, okay, so there we go. I just, uh, while I was talking, I just updated the store. So, um, we got some interesting stuff in there. Uh, I tried to put mostly like action and drama in the top, uh, of this new one. A lot of more recent movies, although I did put in the Chinese connection, AKA, AKA fist of fury from 1972 with Bruce Lee. Um, hoping that sells soon, you know, we got stuff like the, the dark tower from 2017, which is brand new movie called South of Pico, which apparently was a big award winner and sells pretty well. I've got it priced at 1599 based on what it sold for. Um, the movie, the town from 2010, which I did not realize it was Ben Affleck starred in it, directed and has Jeremy Renner in it. So I might want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though it's a cops and robbers kind of movie, um, then another one like that, uh, a movie called loaded with Vinnie Jones, who's a ridiculous person. Um, got some romance, some cartoons, some comedies, uh, we got the, the Smurfs. We relisted our Smurfs, uh, 10 episodes of the classic Smurfs. TV series from the 80s? You know you want that. If somebody out there wants it. If yeah. not, I should give it to my sister. She loved that stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. She loved Somebody it. Somebody will buy it. You're not giving that to your sister. Um, <laughs> no, no. She won't appreciate it. Um, she'll just stream I'm just it. Saying. Let her stream it. Um, so, again, this is always fun when when you're scanning in, you know, again, when you, when you scan the DVDs and VHS tapes, um, if it has sold in the past, eBay will say, here, see how other sellers priced it. Yeah. And it's a really good tool, pricing tool, uh, because usually I try and undercut or stay right about the same level as what things have sold for. And this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the, I, I have a dollar, a dollar store DVD. With a movie from nineteen, the TV movie from nineteen ninety five, with Heather Locklear, called Texas Justice, Texas Justice, um, and it's the T. Cullen Davis story, and apparently this is a guy who was like one of the ri the richest men in Texas. He was like an oil magnate or something like that, and mm -hmm. I, I I I think 
I'm not sure, but I think he got away basically with killing his wife or something. And, um, <sighs> and, uh, the, uh, but this movie, again, it says, it says, it has printed on the artwork on the front one dollar and it has sold for 30 and i'm like wow. okay i'm pricing it at 30 so you know i'm taking offers on it too and it's new it's sealed what so that's exciting try? and then um there's i don't know if anybody's ever heard of it maurice sendak's little bear um, and this is a collection, it's 12 episodes called Feel Better Little Bear. And, um, that it, it sells for 20 bucks. It was like a 50 cent movie we got <laughs> and it sells for 20 bucks. Um, so I'm excited about that one. And, uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and again, and I've got some other garbage that, you know, this is so ridiculous to me. There's this series uh, that unfortunately has that butthole Kevin Sorbo in it. It was <laughs> uh, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. And th it's so ridiculous how they release these DVDs. Because they would do Season 1, Volume 1, two-disc set, five episodes. It's like, oh my God, are you know really you're trying to milk it like that? You know, meanwhile, Stargate, you know, you know, Stargate's putting out the entire season on five discs, selling for the same price as season one point one, you know, one <laughs> of Andromeda. But these Andromeda movie shows, uh, they they're worthless. The you know they're nine ninety nine, and I have it overpriced. But the only reason I I've got the got them priced the way I do is because I have a couple different, you know, portions yeah. of seasons. <laughs> portions of seasons. How ridiculous is that? Um, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, so... You don't have the whole season, the whole com complete season. You just have part of it. You have to be oh, really open about that on the listing, you know? Oh, and this, this was hysterical. Last night we were listing a, a, a comedy... Uh, called Nature Calls from 2012, and it's got Patton Oswalt in it. <laughs> Susan, tell tell everybody what happened. I don't know. Like I was just watching it. It seems like they're doing scout work, and they go into the forest. And uh, I think the moms and dads didn't know they were going into the forest to go camping, and they come out men, and it's a coming of age, but. I think that the whole drama is they didn't really have permission to be in the woods or something. Well, it was, but. it's more, more, you went to Pat and Oswald's IMDB page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were saying, yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to find United States of Terra cause I couldn't think of the name of it mm -hmm. and the spelling of Terra, if it was T-A-R-A or T-E-R-R-A because mm -hmm. I remember his character and man, he's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of voice work. He really keeps just moving around, you know? It's yeah. interesting. He's going to be a pip in the Marvel Universe. Uh, the, wow. He's doing the voice of Pip, uh, the space troll, in the Marvel Universe. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And a, a sidekick of, of uh, Thanos' brother uh star fox 
aka Eros. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but it, yeah, Susan was just like overwhelmed by Patton Oswalt's IMDb, and I can I you know he has yeah he is a fanboy too, so he does. You know, he he tries to like kind of muscle his way into pro projects. Like he was a huge fan of Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> so you know the reboot of it. And he was like, uh, when when they, you know, I I don't know how it came Ridiculous. about, but he made sure that he got to be in Caprica, the prequel to it. Um, you know, and then there's that infamous. I would too. I could would too. I would like if I was him and I was in Hollywood and just like. Looking for work, I'd just be like, "Hey, I know you. Can I can I give it my way into that? Any voice work? Any minor characters? You know? Because there's a lot of cool stuff he's been in. So I don't know. Um, there's also this is we I, I I would love to play this because this is hysterical. This is how much of a fanboy he <laughs> is. He went on to an episode of Parks and Recreation. And at a town hall meeting, he filibustered, and his filibuster was oh, yeah. was how to unite the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Star Wars universe. Oh Lord! L l here, let me let me let me pull Let's this up go. on YouTube. This is hysterical. Hopefully, there's no ad at the beginning of it. Hopefully, it's loud enough. All right, here we go. Turn your speakers up, everybody. Well, the episode DXIX Article 2. This Thursday, Patton Oswalt appears on Parks and Recreation as a man who uh, launches a filibuster to prevent a city council vote. Producers asked him to ramble a bit about whatever the subject he wanted was. The follow is, uh, ba basically, he made, he made all this up. Article 7, Section 3 allows for a citizen filibuster. If I stand here and refuse to yield my time, you are prohibited from voting on the bill. <clears throat> Let the filibustering begin. As many of you have noted uh, that use the internet, it has been announced that Disney has required the rights to the Star Wars franchise, and in the summer of 2015, we will see the release of Star Wars uh, Episode Seven. Herewith is my proposal for the plot of that movie. Uh, begin with standard uh, title uh, sequence and John Williams fanfare, uh, followed by a scroll to be written. I would like to mention that Brian De Palma wrote the original opening scroll for Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I think it would be a nice nod uh, to the franchise if he were to write this opening scroll. Then, pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine. Uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit, and the feared bounty hunter. Oh my God! This happened from the maw <laughs> of the sand beast. Okay, this is and exactly. We and we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Oh, then wow. do a hard cut uh, to a repurposed uh, Imperial destroyer. 
which has now been taken over by the rebels. Uh, Commander Luke Skywalker, now a full Jedi Knight, uh, training new Padawans, uh, is using, ironically, uh, his father Anakin's red lightsaber, which will be uh, a, a symbolic, I think, visual for his battle uh, with how to uh, both bring about the new uh, Jedi Order uh, while still um, acknowledging his <laughs> father's uh, fall from grace. Uh, as he is training the Padawans, we pan outside of the control uh, window to a nearby asteroid where we see, and please allow me to finish this because it's gonna seem like a bit of a jump. We see Thanos, who was the oh, villain teased at the end of the first Avengers movie. Now, come Thanos, on. as you know, owns the Infinity Gauntlet, which has the time gem, the mind gem, the power gem, the space gem, and the reality gem. If he holds the reality gem, that means he can jump from different realities. This will be our link from to the Marvel Universe from the Star Wars Universe. Uh, we then cut to Earth. Uh, Tony Stark uh, realizes okay. uh, that okay. there is... Shit, Tony Stark realizes that there is a... Tony Stark... I know who that is. This is the first person I've known. Tony Stark realizes, I, I do not recognize uh, the chair. Tony Stark realizes that there has been a disturbance uh, in, in what he will call a time ribbon. Uh, for the time being, I will allow J.J. Uh, Abrams to think of a better uh, term for this. <laughs> uh, and, and he then starts to assemble uh, the, the cream of the Marvel Universe, not, not the second tier superheroes that we saw in the first Avengers movie. I'm sorry, but Hawkeye and Black Widow are not first tier. He would go find, uh, hello, Spider-Man. Spider-Man exists in that universe. He would go find Moon Knight. He would go find Daredevil. He would go uh, find Hercules. And then that can bring in the entire uh, uh, pantheon of Greek gods that we saw in Clash and Wrath of the Titans. So now we have a giant three uh, franchise and the immortals now, cut back to uh, the Imperial Star Destroyer. Uh, Luke uh, gets a visit from, and we only show this from the boots up first. So we show these like black boots with the, and then we pan up and oh my God, it's Han Solo, oh but he's old, older and grizzled and, and really like focused and cool. Like he's seen some really bad stuff and he actually seems shaken. And, and Luke is like, what's wrong old buddy? And that's when Han drops Chewbacca's severed head onto the floor. <laughs> yes, in front of no all the Padawans. No way, kids in, aren't gonna like floor, this. In front of the Padawans. Kids are not Please gonna. Please let me finish, thank you. The Padawans are all horrified, and uh, 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 Han says that the planet Kashyak has been destroyed by this very mysterious force. Now we know, oh, this was Thanos. Thanos is beginning to, uh, you know, uh, gather power in this new universe. So uh, while they take Chewie's head down uh, to, because we've seen that, you know, they can build new bodies. They're going to build Chewie this really cool robot. I, I'm thinking spider body, you know, like a cool. <laughs> Spider body with Chewie's head and, and ion cannons on it, but that will be in the, he'll come back. That'll be the, the post-credits tease of this film, so keep that in mind. So I don't want you guys bummed out because Chewbacca's not dead, he will come back. Uh, then, uh, and then Han all, and then Luke looks down and, and Han's wedding ring is gone. Hey, what happened with you and Leia? And Han's like, don't even get me started on that. So now we don't, where, where did Leia go? Where did Leia go? She's not gone, but we will find out but in a second. The female part's now, a little underwritten whole, so far, sir. I'd like to point that out. I am, I have citizen filibuster, thank you. And, and really, thank you for respecting uh, our town laws by interrupting me during this. Uh, where was I? Yes. Exactly then why we need to. At the, then at the edge 
of the uh, of the Star Destroyer's orbit, suddenly the time ribbon begins uh, wavering, and what comes through? The X-Men's Quinjet. That's right. We, what we did was, back on Earth, we showed him gathering up all the heroes, but we didn't see him gathering up the X-Men, so oh my goodness, now Wolverine's gonna be there. Now Cyclops is gonna be there. So the Quinjet comes through, Luke gets in his X-Wing to go out and meet them, and they engage in this awesome star battle, and it looks like the Quinjet actually is going to shoot Luke down, and suddenly this volley of lasers comes in, and 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 what comes flying in is we Robot think it's going to be, it, it we think it's going to be the Millennium Falcon, just like in Episode Four when he comes in and saves him uh, during the Battle of Yavin. But no, it is Slave One. That's right, Boba Fett ship ship Slave One <laughs> has to save Luke because of course he's trying to track down Han. He can't have Luke die. So then. Now it's a battle between the Quinjet, between the X-Wing, between Slave One, and then uh, we see that Millennium Falcon uh, is flying away. So uh, now um, Slave One goes off to do, to do that. But then, then we cut down to Corsican, where uh, uh, Princess Leia uh, is now consulting with, um, uh, with Lando Calrissian. Now it looks like they're just having a very intense meeting about trade regulations and about I will not I will not finish my speaking about trade regulations and 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 but then suddenly once when the rest of the council meeting leaves they fall into each other's arms. Oh my God, Lando Calrissian and Princess Leia are having an affair, and that is why Han Solo because look. Lando Calrissian was like, hey, if I'm gonna lose the Millennium Falcon to you, I'll just take your woman, and he has. So then we set that triangle up. Now, cut back to the Quinjet, and Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four is piloting it. Oh, it was a fake out. He, it's him, and we have uh, select members of the X-Men that I thought, in, in my opinion, were, um, were not uh, focused on properly in the earlier films. We have Colossus in there. We have X-23, uh, which is Wolverine's daughter. And then we have a now mind-controlled Sabretooth and, of course, Wolverine. So imagine those two going up against Robot Chewbacca, because that's going to happen. That's what we're using <laughs> right now. I have literally have no fluid in my mouth. i got to do a Marco Rubio. Can we please cut? over are they done oh my god yeah there you go so that oh was that god. was the citizen filibuster so <laughs> wow so he's such a nerd and i love it uh you know that happened that happened when boba pet Fett dragged his way out of yeah. the, the pit yeah that that part was accurate him I hope they paid him for that shit. Well, that's what Jeez. we that's what everybody wanted. That's kind of the, the you know everybody joke, knew yeah. it was gonna happen that way. Yeah. So uh <laughs> Whoa. That was Whoa. great. That was great. So anyway, um all right. Well let's go ahead and take our break and when we come back, uh we've got a new Oz book to discuss everybody and, and listen to. I'm excited about a new We're Oz book. We're going in. We're going in. Yep, we sure are. So uh, mm -hmm. let's go ahead and, and listen to some uh, vintage commercials, and we'll be back after this. When you're looking for a treat to freshen taste and keep breath sweet, get double smoothness, flavor too. Get the gum that's double good to chew. Double your pleasure, double your fun with double good, double good, double mint gum. This is Sandy Becker saying, keep cooking with Crisco. <laughs> 
It's all vegetable. It's digestible. Once upon a time there was an engineer. Choo-choo Charlie was his name we hear. He had an engine and he sure had fun. He used good and plenty candy to make his train run. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Charlie says, really rings the bell. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Don't know any other candy that I love so well. Lucky beer, oh, oh, premium beer. Oh, oh, lucky premium beer. Oh, oh, go lively. Finest ingredients, aged for flavor. That's Lucky Lager, flavor that's entertaining, enthusiastic, a very exciting beer. Lucky beer, premium beer, lucky premium beer. Keep the refrigerator stocked with Kraft's famous cheese food, Velveeta, to spread or slice for swell toasted sandwiches. Velveeta is a natural for late evening snacks, you know, because it's digestible as milk itself. These days, you really ought to be buying rich golden Velveeta in the two-pound size, so you'll have plenty for snacks and also to melt for economical meatless main dishes. Remember, smooth-melting Velveeta helps supply the protein you expect from a main dish, but the price is low. Tomorrow, get Kraft's famous Velveeta. <laughs> This program is brought to you by the makers of Popsicle, Budgicle, and Creamsicle, those delicious frozen confections on a stick. Now I have a swell surprise for you. The famous winner of the typical American boy contest has now become Popsicle Pete. And here's a message from him. Hello, everybody. I sure am glad to meet you. And boy, am I glad I was picked to be the typical American boy, because now I'm Popsicle Pete. I always wanted to be on the radio... Now I have a chance to tell you about some wonderful presents you can get free. See, you ought to see them, hundreds of them. You get them just for saving bags from Misty Popsicle, Pudgicle, and Creamsicle. Some gifts, even better than Christmas. You can get a wristwatch, a movie camera, table tennis, a wallet, a doll. See, lots of gifts. Just save the bags from pop Popsicle, Creamsicle, and Pudgicle on a handy stick. Boy, do they taste good. Wholesome, too, and nourishing. Made fresh every day of the finest ingredients. The biggest five cents worth anywhere. And say, kids, get the free illustrated popsicle gift list at your ice cream store. A free coupon comes with it, worth ten bags. Dentists know what cleans teeth best. And over 4,000 dentists say Colgate tooth powder with a two-minute routine gets teeth sparkling and super clean. So to remove dull film and get your teeth shining clean, just brush teeth two minutes morning and night with Colgate tooth powder. Brush inside, outside, and biting surface. To keep your dog in top condition, get your pet complete nutrition. Feed them sturdy, make them sturdy, happy, friendly, happy, furry. Any dog can be a winner if he eats some sturdy dinner. Feed them sturdy, beefy sturdy, that's with thinking, just on sturdy. Ask any dog who's tasted it, the doggy with the bit. You sturdy dinner, dog food is delicious. Hi, Charlie. What you watching? Ballet. Oh, how is it? Too soon to tell. So far, it's been nothing but dancing. But I'll watch it anyway, to show Starkist my good taste. But Charlie, Starkist don't want tunas with good taste. Starkist wants tunas that taste good. Hey, that's for me. Sorry, Charlie. Only good tasting tuna get to be Starkist. Good tasting 100% prime filet. This is good tasting tuna. Get Starkist tuna. 
Note the name. Sake. From San Francisco comes... Right. A roly, the San Francisco treat. Right, a roly, the flavor can't be beat. One pan of boiling cooking ease, the flavor that is sure to please. Right, a roly, the San Francisco treat. Rice Aroni, the delicious break from potatoes, now in six fabulous flavors. One pan of boiling cooking ease, the flavor that is sure to please. Right, a roaming, the San Francisco treat. Time for go to bed. San Francisco treat. It's delicious. And loaded with salt. It is. You're right. Oh, man. I do. We do have two boxes of that. No, we have Ben's rice. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. The there's long, a difference. Because rice aroni, the San Francisco treat, is like... Pasta. Small, and... tiny pasta that's really not rice. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. So, uh... Yeah, but anyway, if anybody, uh, anyway, if anybody is interested in checking it out, all eight episodes of Peacemaker on are on HBO Max right now, and boy howdy, is there a big surprise in the finale? Um, boy howdy! Yeah, so it's pretty cool, and and I'm just gonna say this, you know, James Gunn just needs to run the DC universe at this point. <laughs> he said, I don't know. I think he's done with Marvel after the the Guardians of the Galaxy three, the holiday special. So, but uh, all right, kiddo classic, kiddo regrets eating carrots. <laughs> Aww, uh, oh, sorry, she didn't know what what uh, book we were getting. So, uh, we are going to be doing uh uh. uh the Emerald City of Oz. We're going chrono chronological. Kiddo. You know, so. yeah, we should go chronological. But you know, kiddo, I have to tell you, I've been um, trying to savor my food and being a, uh, a uh, someone that chews things a lot and really flavors the text, savors the textures and flavors. And I don't think you did that, kiddo. I think you gulped that down. Yep. Looking at that carrot in his throat. Oh, jeez. So there we go. Kiddo classic, everybody. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, all get that colored up real quick and turn into show art. And um, and she said she redrew him better. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, so the Emerald City of Oz is where we're going to go uh, in a few short minutes here. So I'm kind of excited because, you know, this marks um, the second full book that we'll be doing on Time for Go to Bed, right? Because before it was the it was the old show and we, we continued um, the uh, this show started with like halfway through Ozma of Oz. 
And then we started yeah, The Road to Oz. And now this is our third book, The Emerald City of Oz. Okay. So okay. Um, I didn't so, realize we got so far in Fairy Lights for Fairy Nights. Wow, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I, it might have only been, it, I don't know if it was halfway, but. No, you know. it's, well, we didn't do The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So. Well, you and I yeah. did when until we changed the name of the show. Since mm-hmm. the other other name was not ours, um, yeah. But um, but yeah. So, are you ready to uh, check out chapter one? And by the way, the same reader uh, uh, that we're used to has done um, Emerald City of Oz. And I really should commit his name to memory, but I have not. One day, well, I'll write it down. Yeah. All right. He'll say it at the end of the chapter or at the beginning, uh, one or the other. So, anyway, all right, here we go. Emerald City of Oz, Chapter 1. Chapter 1 of the Emerald City of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenevere. The Emerald City of Oz by Frank L. Baum, Chapter 1. How the Gnome King Became Angry The Gnome King was in an angry mood, and at such times he was very disagreeable. Everyone kept away from him, even his chief steward, Calico. Therefore the king stormed and raved all by himself, walking up and down in his jewel-studded cavern and getting angrier all the time. Then he remembered that it was no fun being angry, unless he had someone to frighten and make miserable, and he rushed to his big gong and made it clatter as loud as he could. In came the chief steward, trying not to show the Gnome King how frightened he was. "'Send the chief counselor here!' shouted the angry monarch. Calico ran out as fast as his spindle legs could carry his fat round body, and soon the chief counselor entered the cavern. The king scowled and said to him, I'm in great trouble over the loss of my magic belt. Every little while I want to do something magical, and find I can't, because the belt is gone. That makes me angry, and when I'm angry, I can't have a good time. Now, what do you advise? Some people, said the chief counselor, enjoy getting angry. But not all the time, declared the king. To be angry once in a while is really good fun, because it makes others so miserable. But to be angry morning, noon, and night as I am grows monotonous and prevents my gaining any other pleasure in life. Now, what do you advise? Why, if you are angry because you want to do magical things and can't, and if you don't want to get angry at all, my advice is not to want to do magical things. Hearing this, the king glared at his counselor, with a furious expression, and tugged at his own long white whiskers until he pulled them so hard that he yelled with pain. "'You are a fool!' he exclaimed. "'I share that honor with your majesty,' said the chief counselor. The king roared with rage and stamped his foot. "'Ho there, my guards!' he cried. "'Ho!' is a royal way of saying, "'Come here.' So when the guards had hoed, the king said to them, Take this chief counselor and throw him away. 
Then the guards took the chief counselor and bound him with chains to prevent his struggling and threw him away. And the king paced up and down his cavern, more angry than before. Finally, he rushed to his big gong and made it clatter like a fire alarm. Calico appeared again, trembling and white with fear. Fetch my pipe, yelled the king. Your pipe is already here, your majesty, replied Calico. Then get my tobacco, roared the king. The tobacco is in your pipe, your majesty, returned the steward. Then bring a live coal from the furnace, commanded the king. The tobacco is lighted, and your majesty is already smoking your pipe, answered the steward. Why, so I am, said the king, who had forgotten this fact. But you are very rude to remind me of it. I am a low-born, miserable villain, declared the chief steward humbly. The Nome King could think of nothing to say next, so he puffed away at his pipe and paced up and down the room. Finally, he remembered how angry he was and cried out, What do you mean, Calico, by being so contented when your monarch is unhappy? What makes you unhappy? asked the steward. I've lost my magic belt. A little girl named Dorothy, who was here with Ozma of Oz, stole my belt and carried it away with her, said the king, grinding his teeth with rage. She captured it in a fair fight, Calico ventured to say. But I want it. I must have it. Half my power is gone with that belt, roared the king. You will have to go to the land of Oz to recover it. And your majesty can't get to the land of Oz in any possible way, said the steward, yawning because he had been on duty ninety-six hours and was sleeping. Why not? asked the king. Because there is a deadly desert all around that fairy country which no one is able to cross. You know that fact as well as I do, your majesty. Never mind the lost belt. You have plenty of power left. For you rule this underground kingdom like a tyrant, and thousands of gnomes obey your commands. I advise you to drink a glass of melted silver to quiet your nerves, and then go to bed. The king grabbed a big ruby and threw it at Calico's head. The steward ducked to escape the heavy jewel, which crashed against the door just over his left ear. Get out of my sight! Vanish! Go away! And send General Blug here, screamed the Nome King. Calico hastily withdrew, and the Nome King stamped up and down until the general of his armies appeared. This Nome was known far and wide as a terrible fighter and a cruel, desperate commander. He had fifty thousand Nome soldiers, all well drilled, who feared nothing but their stern master. Yet General Blug was a trifle uneasy when he arrived and saw how angry the Nome King was. Ha! So you're here! cried the King. So I am, said the General. March your army at once to the land of Oz, capture and destroy the Emerald City, and bring back to me my magic belt, roared the King. You're crazy, calmly remarked the General. What's that? What's that? What's that? and the Nome King danced around on his pointed toes. He was so enraged. You don't know what you're talking about, continued the general, seating himself upon a large cut diamond. I advise you to stand in a corner and count sixty before you speak again. By that time you may be more sensible. 
The king looked around for something to throw at General Blug, but as nothing was handy, he began to consider that perhaps the man was right, and he had been talking foolishly. So he merely threw himself into his glittering throne and tipped his crown over his ear and curled his feet up under him and glared wickedly at Blug. In the first place, said the general, we cannot march across the deadly desert to the land of Oz, and if we could, the ruler of that country, Princess Ozma, has certain fairy powers that would render my army helpless. Had you not lost your magic belt, we might have some chance of defeating Ozma, but the belt is gone. I want it, screamed the king. I must have it. Well, then, uh, let us try in a sensible way to get it, replied the general. The belt was captured by a little girl named Dorothy, who lives in Kansas, in the United States of America. But she left it in the Emerald City with Ozma, declared the king. How do you know that? asked the general. One of my spies, who is a blackbird, flew over the desert to the land of Oz and saw the magic belt in Ozma's palace, replied the king with a groan. Now that gives me an idea, said General Blug thoughtfully. There are two ways to get to the land of Oz without traveling across the sandy desert. What are they? demanded the king eagerly. One way is over the desert through the air and the other way is under the desert through the earth. Hearing this, the Nome King uttered a yell of joy and leaped from his throne to resume his wild walk up and down the cavern. That's it, Blug, he shouted. That's the idea, General. I'm king of the underworld, and my subjects are all miners. I'll make a secret tunnel under the desert to the land of Oz. Yes! right up to the Emerald City, and you will march your armies there and capture the whole country. Softly, softly, your majesty, don't go too fast, warned the general. My gnomes are good fighters, but they are not strong enough to conquer the Emerald City. Are you sure? asked the king. Absolutely certain, your majesty. Then what am I to do? Give up the idea and mind your own business, advised the general. You have plenty to do trying to rule your underground kingdom. But I want the magic belt, and I'm going to have it, roared the Gnome King. <laughs> I'd like to see you get it, replied the general, laughing maliciously. The king was by this time so exasperated that he picked up his scepter, which had a heavy ball made from a sapphire at the end of it, and threw it with all his force at General Blug. The sapphire hit the general upon his forehead and knocked him flat upon the ground, where he lay motionless. Then the king rang his gong and told his guards to drag out the general and throw him away, which they did. The gnome king was named Roquat the Red, and no one loved him. He was a bad man and a powerful monarch and he had resolved to destroy the land of Oz and its magnificent Emerald City, to enslave Princess Ozma and little Dorothy and all the Oz people, and recover his magic belt. This same belt had once enabled Roquat the Red to carry out many wicked plans, but that was before Ozma and her people marched to the underground cavern and captured it. 
The Nome King could not forgive Dorothy or Princess Ozma, and he had determined to be revenged upon them. But they, for their part, did not know they had so dangerous an enemy. Indeed, Ozma and Dorothy had both almost forgotten that such a person as the Nome King yet lived under the mountains of the Land of Ev, which lay just across the deadly desert to the south of the Land of Oz. An unsuspected enemy is doubly dangerous. End of Chapter 1 So, we get the vindictive return of the Gnome King. Yeah, yeah. He's a I, jerk. I didn't see that he's coming. horrible. He yeah, just killed a guy. What? He just killed a guy, or at least gave him a severe head injury. He gave him a severe head injury. Nobody dies in this thing. He threw him out. Threw him in the trash. Yeah, it's probably mean. But... Wicked Witch of the West died. That's true. Oh, right. the Smurfs just sold. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. See, we were talking about the Smurfs and how my sister needs them. But you know what? Every time I play the a video from my childhood for my nephews, who are like 12 and 13... Like when they were five and six and seven around that area, they would be like, like I would, I would play them, um, you know, something I really liked, like um, multiplication rock or um, any of those things, you know, conjunction junction or yeah, any of that schoolhouse school rock, rock stuff. And Noah was like, yeah, this is something that tries to teach you something. And I'm like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> like, I mean, he was, I was just like, oh, how dare you just say that? It was wonderful. Probably the best thing ever. And he, he just, I don't know. He doesn't get it. Oh, kids you know? today. Kids today. <laughs> what are you going to do? So, uh, so yeah, the Gnome King is a bastard. He's back. Um, yeah. and I suppose we should probably get to the next chapter if you're game. You ready? Mm, let's go. Yeah, I'm All ready. Right. Emerald City of Oz, Chapter 2, yeah. read by Phil Chenever, right? You got his name. Good job. I did right. not. Good job. Chapter 2 of The Emerald City of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 How Uncle Henry Got Into Trouble Dorothy Gale lived on a farm in Kansas with her Aunt Em and her Uncle Henry. It was not a big farm, nor a very good one, because sometimes the rain did not come when the crops needed it, and then everything withered and dried up. Once a cyclone had carried away Uncle Henry's house, so that he was obliged to build another, and as he was a poor man, he had to mortgage his farm to get the money to pay for the new house. Then his health became bad, and he was too feeble to work. The doctor ordered him to take a sea voyage, and he went to Australia and took Dorothy with him. That cost a lot of money, too. Uncle Henry grew poorer every year, and the crops raised on the farm only brought food for the family. Therefore, the mortgage could not be paid. At last, the banker who had loaned him the money said that if he did not pay on a certain day, his farm would be taken away from him. 
This worried Uncle Henry a good deal, for without the farm he would have no way to earn a living. He was a good man and worked in the field as hard as he could, and Aunt Em did all the housework with Dorothy's help. Yet they did not seem to get along. This little girl, Dorothy, was like dozens of little girls, you know. She was loving and usually sweet-tempered, and had a round, rosy face and earnest eyes. Life was a serious thing to Dorothy, and a wonderful thing, too, for she had encountered more strange adventures in her short life than many other girls of her age. Aunt Em once said she thought the fairies must have marked Dorothy at her birth, because she had wandered into strange places and had always been protected by some unseen power. As for Uncle Henry, he thought his little niece merely a dreamer, as her dead mother had been, for he could not quite believe all the curious stories Dorothy told them of the Land of Oz, which she had several times visited. He did not think that she tried to deceive her uncle and aunt, but he imagined that she had dreamed all those astonishing adventures, and that the dreams had been so real to her that she had come to believe them true. Whatever the explanation might be, it was certain that Dorothy had been absent from her Kansas home for several long periods, always disappearing unexpectedly, yet always coming back safe and sound, with amazing tales of where she had been and the unusual people she had met. Her uncle and aunt listened to her stories eagerly, and in spite of their doubts began to feel that the little girl had gained a lot of experience and wisdom that were unaccountable in this age when fairies are supposed no longer to exist. Most of Dorothy's stories were about the land of Oz, with its beautiful emerald city, and the lovely girl ruler named Ozma, who was the most faithful friend of the little Kansas girl. When Dorothy told about the riches of this fairy country, Uncle Henry would sigh, for he knew that a single one of the great emeralds that were so common there would pay all his debts and leave his farm free. But Dorothy never brought any jewels home with her, so their poverty became greater every year. When the banker told Uncle Henry that he must pay the money in thirty days or leave the farm, the poor man was in despair, as he knew he could not possibly get the money. So he told his wife, Aunt Em, of his trouble, and she first cried a little and then said that they must be brave and do the best they could, and go away somewhere and try to earn an honest living. But they were getting old and feeble, and she feared that they would not take care of Dorothy as well as they had formerly done. Probably the little girl would also be obliged to go to work. They did not tell their niece the sad news for several days, not wishing to make her unhappy, but one morning the little girl found Aunt Em softly crying while Uncle Henry tried to comfort her. Then Dorothy asked them to tell her what was the matter. "'We must give up the farm, my dear,' replied her uncle sadly, "'and wander away into the world to work for our living.' The girl listened quite seriously, for she had not known before how desperately poor they were. "'We don't mind for ourselves,' said her aunt, stroking the little girl's head tenderly. "'But we love you as if you were our own child, and we are heartbroken to think that you must also endure poverty 
and work for a living before you have grown big and strong. What could I do to earn money? asked Dorothy. You might do housework for someone, dear. You are so handy. Or perhaps you could be a nursemaid to little children. I'm sure I don't know exactly what you can do to earn money. But if your uncle and I are able to support you, we will do it willingly and send you to school. We fear, though, that we shall have much trouble in earning a living for ourselves. No one wants to employ old people who are broken down in health as we are. Dorothy smiled. Wouldn't it be funny, she said, for me to do housework in Kansas when I'm a princess in the land of Oz? A princess? They both exclaimed, astonished. Yes, Ozma made me a princess some time ago, and she has often begged me to come and live always in the Emerald City, said the child. Her uncle and aunt looked at her in amazement. Then the man said, Do you suppose you could manage to return to your fairyland, my dear? Oh, yes, replied Dorothy. I could do that easily. How? asked Aunt Em. Ozma sees me every day at four o'clock in her magic picture. She can see me wherever I am, no matter what I am doing. And at that time, if I make a certain secret sign, she will send for me by means of the magic belt which I once captured from the Gnome King. Then, in the wink of an eye, I shall be with Ozma in her palace. The elder people remained silent for some time after Dorothy had spoken. Finally, Aunt Em said with another sigh of regret, If that is the case, Dorothy, perhaps you'd better go and live in the Emerald City. It will break our hearts to lose you from our lives, but you will be so much better off with your fairy friends that it seems wisest and best for you to go. I'm not so sure about that, remarked Uncle Henry, shaking his gray head doubtfully. These things all seem very real to Dorothy, I know, but I'm afraid our little girl won't find her fairyland just what she had dreamed it to be. It would make me very unhappy to think that she was wandering among strangers who might be unkind to her. Dorothy laughed merrily at this speech, and then she became very sober again, for she could see how all this trouble was worrying her aunt and uncle, and knew that unless she found a way to help them, their future lives would be quite miserable and unhappy. She knew that she could help them. She had thought of a way already. Yet she did not tell them at once what it was, because she must ask Ozma's consent before she would be able to carry out her plans. So she only said, If you will promise not to worry a bit about me, I'll go to the Land of Oz this very afternoon, and I'll make a promise, too, that you shall both see me again before the day comes when you must leave this farm. That day isn't far away now, her uncle sadly replied. I did not tell you of our trouble until I was obliged to, dear Dorothy, so the evil time is near at hand. But if you are quite sure your fairy friends will give you a home, it will be best for you to go to them, as your aunt says. That was why Dorothy went to her little room in the attic that afternoon, taking with her a small dog named Toto. Uh, the dog had curly black hair and big brown eyes, and loved Dorothy very dearly. The child had kissed her uncle and aunt affectionately before she went upstairs, 
and now she looked around her little room rather wistfully, gazing at the simple trinkets and worn calico and gingham dresses as if they were old friends. She was tempted at first to make a bundle of them, yet she knew very well that they would be of no use to her in her future life. She sat down upon a broken-backed chair, the only one the room contained, and, holding Toto in her arms, waited patiently until the clock struck four. Then she made the secret signal that had been agreed upon between her and Ozma. Uncle Henry and Aunt Em waited downstairs. They were uneasy and a good deal excited, for this is a practical humdrum world, and it seemed to them quite impossible that their little niece could vanish from her home and travel instantly to Fairyland. So they watched the stairs, which seemed to be the only way that Dorothy could get out of the farmhouse, and they watched them a long time. They heard the clock strike four, but there was no sound from above. Half-past four came, and now they were too impatient to wait any longer. Softly they crept up the stairs to the door of the little girl's room. Dorothy, Dorothy, they called. There was no answer. They opened the door and looked in. The room was empty. End of chapter 2 That's how she disappeared. Wow. I I never realized that there would be like this bargaining, like, we're so poor, you shouldn't have to be poor. Just just go to Oz. We're dying. Oh, that's just a reason (laughs) to get them there. So dark. I could be wrong. It is. It is. Yeah, they, they just, they were too sweet for this world. They just couldn't make it, you know? <laughs> like Ma and Pa Kent. Like Ma and Pa Kent. They couldn't make a living on the farm. Nobody can make a living on the farm. I mean, come on. Do you know anybody that makes a living on a farm? I guess. I mean, I, I'd i love to hear Personally, no. That. Yeah. Um, but Everybody yeah. loses the farm at some point, you know. Yep, they sure do. They need to go into retirement, and a fairyland would be great. Because yeah. everyone judges the, each other on their kindness and how nice they are to other people. How did Dorothy's mother die? Hmm. Oh, it's I, I forget, but I think she was a she was a wanderer, and she, you know. Join the circus or something ridiculous. I don't know. Hmm. But I think she died young. I don't know. Maybe I'll find out. Somebody's going to Google it. Watch. Uh, (laughs) I am. That's why I'm enjoying reading these all over or listening to them all over again. Because I just don't remember all this stuff. How did Dorothy's parents die in The Wizard of Oz? (laughs) <laughs> they died in an accident. Aw, that's sad. Doesn't say what kind of accident. See, uh, Foxfire's got got a. She's making a living on a farm, feeding and cleaning up after rich people's horses. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's it's a lot of work to harvest something or milk cows or yeah. Milk I mean, chickens. Probably, collect cow eggs. Milk chicken, milk chickens. 
Never milked a chicken. Yep. Never it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> not easy to milk oh, a chicken. God. They don't stay. They don't like standing still for that. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so um, this this is a fun uh, change of pace, though. I mean, we're getting some backstory on on the uh, in the real world, and you know some interesting stuff about you know well they they don't we don't know if it's real or not, but she disappears and she comes back. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What it what she but you know maybe they maybe she's in some of the more modern in in corporations of when they retell it they put that she was in you know institutionalized for her vision she's mad she's mad i say mad uh yeah i mean that was the the kind of the the opening of uh return to oz with feruza bulk yeah yeah so i remember that which was uh, all very dark in and of itself (laughs) So it really was. Why I didn't sh- they make more? I did Damn really it. like that movie. They they should have kept going. I did. So. I didn't mind it. I thought it was a clever departure from you know the the yeah. you know musical version. Introduce a lot a lot of new characters and uh, mm-hmm. you know and as yeah. we learned you know they drew from um what Oz books did that that drew, drew heavily from Ozma of Oz. Yeah. And maybe Dorothy and the Wizard or Land of Oz. I'm Dorothy sure. and the Wizard or the Land of Oz. I think Land of Oz. Yeah. yeah. Man, maybe this is our fourth Oz book. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because we did Dorothy and the Wizard. Yeah. Ozma and then of the Oz. Road to... No, it's, it's, well, the Road to Oz and then Emerald City. We're on Emerald City now. Yeah. Yeah. But we did we did Dorothy and the Wizard. We did uh, Ozma of Oz, and we also did uh, uh, the what the Magical World of Oz. What? Um, I think the Road to Oz is well the, is the last one we just. did. I know <laughs> Dorothy and the Wizard. Oh. We did Dorothy and the Wizard before that, and then we did Ozma of Oz before that. And then before that, didn't we finish? Weren't we finishing up uh, the marvelous land of Oz? I think so. So think something along those lines. It's a little bit longer of a title. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we, it's Tennessee. You looking at the ceiling fan? Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a quite a, a snootful of skunk last night. Oh boy. It's like what we get every summer. Every summer night here, there's like a speaking of living on a farm, you would think we lived in a farm the way these animals run around. Well um something the list Yeah, it, it yeah. woke up soon uh, early and uh I don't know. Some somebody's Thank dog must so. have scared it or something. But yeah the wonderful world of Oz wonderful wizard of Oz. The marvelous land of Oz. Ozmavod. Yes. Dorothy and the Wizard in Oz. The Road to Oz. And now yeah. we're on Emerald City. Yeah, so so we did uh the Marvelous Land we started with the Marvelous Land of Oz. We did. So Well that's funny because uh we didn't do the Wonderful Wizard of Oz because I do not want to. 
you know, everybody's heard that story every Thanksgiving for the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. That's fine. We got plenty of books to work with. We do, because next is the Patchwork Girl after the Emerald City, you know? I, so what's, there's ready? one called the Giant Horse of Oz. <laughs> um, let me see. Yeah, there's one called the Giant Horse of Oz. I was looking at him today. If it's not the Giant Horse of Oz, it's something akin to that. Patchwork Girl, TikTok, Scarecrow, Rinkitink in Oz. The Lost Princess of Oz, the mm-hmm. Tin Woodsman, the Magic of, and Glenda of. You must be thinking uh, there is one about a horse, but that's another writer. Oh, yeah. I thought okay. But those are probably that. These are just the L. Frank bomb. Okay. That um yeah. So. Yep yep yep. All right. Well, we just have a uh, short from the uh, the blue fairy book is all over the place with its times, and we're gonna switch to the <laughs> red fairy book next time. I didn't realize, um, but uh, that when I came to download stuff before the show, I was like, "Oh, that one's forty five minutes. Oh, that one's thirty minutes," and then I was like, "Well, this is more manageable. It's uh, three minutes fifty two seconds. This is." Uh, uh, we we just got a, a classic for everybody, a Little Red Riding Hood. So, <laughs> would you like to hear that? Let's go. Little Red Riding Hood from the Blue Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Karen Savage. The Blue Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. Little Red Riding Hood. Once upon a time, there lived in a certain village a little country girl, the prettiest creature was ever seen. Her mother was excessively fond of her, and her grandmother doted on her still more. This good woman had made for her a little red riding hood, which became the girl so extremely well that everybody called her Little Red Riding Hood. One day her mother, having made some custard, said to her, Go, my dear, and see how thy grandmamma does, for I hear she has been very ill. Carry her a custard, and this little pot of butter." Little Red Riding Hood set out immediately to go to her grandmother, who lived in another village. As she was going through the wood, she met with Gaffer Wolf, who had a very great mind to eat her up, but he dared not, because of some faggot-makers hard by in the forest. He asked her whither she was going. The poor child, who did not know that it was dangerous to stay and hear a wolf talk, said to him, "'I am going to see my grandmamma, and carry her a custard and a little pot of butter from my mamma." "'Does she live far off?' asked the wolf. "'Oh, aye,' answered Little Red Riding Hood. "'It is beyond that mill you see there, at the first house in the village.' "'Well,' said the wolf, "'and I'll go and see her too. "'I'll go this way, and you go that, "'and we shall see who will be there the soonest.' The wolf began to run as fast as he could, taking the nearest way, and the little girl went by that farthest about, diverting herself and gathering nuts, running after butterflies, and making nosegays of such little flowers as she met with. The wolf was not long before he got to the old woman's house. He knocked at the door, tap-tap. "'Who's there?' "'Your grandchild, Little Red Riding Hood,' replied the wolf, counterfeiting her voice, "'who has brought you a custard and a little pot of butter sent you by mamma." The good grandmother, who was in bed because she was somewhat ill, cried out, "'Pull the bobbin, and the latch will go up.' The wolf pulled the bobbin, and the door opened, and then presently he fell upon the good woman, and ate her up in a moment, 
for it was above three days that he had not touched a bit. Then he shut the door and went into the grandmother's bed, expecting little Red Riding Hood, who came some time afterward and knocked at the door. Tap, tap. Who's there? Little Red Riding Hood, hearing the big voice of the wolf, was at first afraid, but believing her grandmother had got a cold and was hoarse, answered, "'Tis your grandchild, Little Red Riding Hood, who has brought you a custard and a little pot of butter Mamma sends you." The wolf cried out to her, softening his voice as much as he could, "'Pull the bobbin, and the latch will go up!' Little Red Riding Hood pulled the bobbin, and the door opened. The wolf, seeing her come in, said to her, hiding himself under the bedclothes, Put the custard and the little pot of butter upon the stool, and come and lie down with me. Little Red Riding Hood undressed herself and went into bed, where, being greatly amazed to see how her grandmother looked in her nightclothes, she said to her, Grandmamma, what great arms you have got! That is the better to hug thee, my dear. Grandmamma, what great legs you have got! That is to run the better, my child. Grandmamma, what great ears you have got! What is the better to hear, my child? Grandmamma, what great eyes you have got! It is to see the better, my child. Grandmamma, what great teeth you have got! That is to eat thee up! And saying these words, this wicked wolf fell upon Little Red Riding Hood and ate her all up. End of Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, that's not how I was told. <laughs> that's how it's pretty yeah, abrupt. There's a lot of different versions of that. Yeah, but it was used as a story to uh, keep young girls from talking to uh, older men. I men guess more so. Money. Men's, men of means that might lure them away. I'm a man of means by no means. Uh, <laughs> King of the road. <laughs> King of the road. Um, yeah, also Nestor the long-eared Christmas meal. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty brutal. It was just like, you know, mm -hmm. take, she took her clothes off, got in bed, and was like touching, touching her grandma's legs. Uh -huh. <laughs> that, it's, it's really, it really is a story to tell little girls to stay away from the 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 men. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Foxfire's like what the <laughs> What happened? What happened? <laughs> uh, that's uh there's the wolf. <gasps> uh <laughs> with a full belly. Full belly a little girl. Oh, I bet the hungry, uh, the hungry tiger is jealous. Hey, what happened? Uh, the late great Fred Willard. Um, I'm a big fan. He was pretty dang funny. Pretty dang oh, yeah. funny. But Did uh, you hear about him walking by the beach? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just amuse myself sometimes. <laughs> Let me see if I can anyway. find that. Yeah, here you are. Okay. Yeah. Here, here you out. go. Back to this hurricane. This morning in Florida, police were alerted to the fact that 15 kilos of cocaine had washed up on the beach. 
Now, this is one of the packages. This was quite a discovery. A guy was walking on the beach. He found this stuff. And joining us now, live from Cocoa Beach, is the man who found the 15 kilos, Goose Halpern. Goose, are you, uh, are you with us? Goose. Hey. Hey, Jimmy, James. Can I tell you, Jim? Yeah. So excited to be here. So excited. Holy moly, I'm excited. TV. Goose, I'm told you found something on the beach. Sure did, Jim. I went for a hard morning sprint and saw what looked like drugs. So I smell it, and sure enough, 12 kilos of cocaine. Wild, Jim, just wild. Yeah, well, it sounds wild. Wait, 12 kilos? I thought it was 15 huh? kilos. Sorry, it's really windy, Jimmy, baby. I, I'm so excited to be on TV. Uh-huh. I can't believe it. Like I was saying, it's not every day you find a six and a half kilos of cocaine uh-huh. on the beach. Uh-huh. Am I right? Anyway, hey, how's the weather there? What's going on? It's bad. It's really bad. I think I'm going to just hunker down for a few days and work on this great idea I have for a screenplay. You want to hear all about uh, it? No. It's about this dude, right? It's an awesome guy. This uh-huh. guy kicks him serious. His ass. Uh-huh. Anyway, he's sprinting down the beach, and he finds two kilos of cocaine. Well, two kilos. Hold on a sec. Well, listen, stay safe, Goose. You probably shouldn't be out there. Be careful with that hurricane. Oh, uh, hell yeah, I will, man. You know, people are saying they're finding cocaine on the beach down here. I haven't seen any, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Oh, there's my wife. Okay. My wife. Whee! All right. I haven't found any. <laughs> I haven't found any. That is some funny stuff. So, oh, there's the uh, the appearance of the neighbor dogs uh, barking their faces <laughs> off through the window. I do. I tend to tell them to be quiet, gently. Say, so be quiet. Be yeah. Quiet, puppies. They listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Hush, hush up, puppies. Can you hear me? Hush up. Hush up, baby puppies. No, yeah. they, they cannot be. They're, they're they anger. Until they open the window. Their anger towards uh, any somebody any, walking down anybody walking, walking down, down the street, street or yeah. farting sideways or whatever. You know. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah. So anyway, well, we got five minutes left. Uh, tomorrow on uh, it came from Cleveland. Um, I'm going to talk about some movies from uh, some birthday folks. Uh, some, uh, uh, Josh Brolin, Elizabeth Olsen from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, well, Josh Brolin also from the DC Cinematic Universe from not one, but two movies, uh, mm-hmm. because he was, uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Hang on. Oh yeah. No, two more. Yeah. So he was, he was Cable and Thanos and he also was Jonah Hex in, um, the DC Universe. So... Uh, fascinating stuff there. And Elizabeth Olsen, of course, uh, from WandaVision. And uh, the upcoming um, Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness, which is very exciting. Looks like that's going to also bring... There is a voice in that trailer I'm going to talk about that some some of you might not have caught in the Super Bowl commercial. Um, yeah. yeah, so the... We're, the, the D, um, Marvel Universe is getting much, 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 much bigger, and they are legitimizing other films. Uh, oh, and, wow. uh, you know, much like uh, Hawkeye did with Netflix Daredevil series, and the Spider Man, mm-hmm. last Spider Man movie did with the inclusion of Charlie Cox, and sure. some other stuff that I think I know what happened, but I'm not going to say anything about it because they're. 
everybody's out there trying to spoil that movie for me and I'm not going to see it until it comes out. Yeah. I really think you should stop reading about it on the internet. Uh, I can't help it. It's like I go to certain websites and you know, I just want to check out news on things because I have to do research for my show. And once we were at a thrift store, seriously, we were at a thrift store and somebody, some woman that worked there just started talking about the Batman movie with, uh, to her coworker and telling us plot points. And we were just like, la, 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 can't hear you. I don't remember you know? that. You don't uh, remember that? It was no. rude. I don't so, know what people are thinking sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, and then uh, Michelle is going to be talking about, um, oh, shucks. I have such a horrible memory about these things. Um, <laughs> Miles is going to be talking about a spy story. Um, cool. Joe is going to be talking about Chris Farley and mm. Michelle. Oh, it's another horror icon. I know that. And I cannot believe I cannot remember. And she's putting together some great birthday, uh, um, blocks for us as well. But anyway, tune in tomorrow at seven, um, and check that out. But all right, Suze, uh, what about you? We sold the Smurfs. That's exciting. Exciting. Sold the Smurfs. Why not? I hope it goes to a good home. That was I. I like I said. That wasn't my favorite. I'm more of an underdog kind of girl, but uh, yeah. I didn't. I did watch the Smurfs when I was a kid. I, I enjoyed it. My sister liked the Smurfs, and she liked uh, Strawberry Shortcake. But she's like four years younger than me, so you know. Just, uh, I, I like those cartoons that teach you something. Anyway. Nerd. But yeah. Oh. I'm just me. kidding. I like them too. Heavy. It's a Heavy joke. Heavy handed. Um, yeah, so I'm, keep having a, stay safe everybody. Stay, uh, stay warm. Snow's coming down. It's happening. Coming back. Weather alert. Weather whiplash. Winter whiplash. I think so too. I think that I have, this is the first time I've heard this term, and I think it's pretty apt. But um, yeah, what do you, what do you have to say? Goodbye, Ken. How do you want? To I say pretty it? much said everything that I want to say. Oh, and we're going to be talking about uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not the Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett's uh, tomorrow. Yeah. We'll try not to be too spoilery on that for everybody. But we've all watched yeah. it uh, for, on. It came from Cleveland and. I'll probably talk about Peacemaker a little bit and how I think James Gunn raided my CD collection. Mm, yeah, yeah, he did. He did. I mean, they seriously. Ripped off Patton Oswald. They ripped off Patton Oswald. Oh, well, that was from ideas. the Book of Boba Fett. From the Book of Boba Fett. You're crossing, yeah. the, crossing the streams. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, that yeah, that's pretty much uh, all I had. I, I kind of said okay. my spiel. You got anything else? No. No, just like I said, stay safe, stay warm, and um, the cats are needing to be fed and throwing their tails around in an angry way, which I find quite endearing. Yeah. So. You, you on that? <laughs> I will. I will All feed right. them. I will make podcast. Right. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> Good night.